You are listening to the Living Way Church podcast. For more information about Living Way Church, go to livingwaychurch.cc. All right, we're going to continue a, a Christmas survival guide series today. Even the, Weren't the kids great this morning? Man, I just love watching kids. You know, there's this song that came out several years ago, Glenn Campbell saying, Christmas is for children. Go ahead and play that song if you could, because that's kind of like, You've got to be kidding me. That's my phone. Hey, you know what? You guys should probably silence your phone. (laughs) That's just crazy. All right, that is for real. That's not an illustration. I've done that as an illustration before. That was not an illustration. All right, turn up this song a little bit. This is, anybody remember this song? Maybe if you're over 40, maybe you might know this song. If you've heard this, raise your hand. Christmas is for children. It's an older song, but I remember hearing this as a kid because I grew up in a family that, that liked Glen Campbell, and so this was a, a big song in the uh, 60s, I think more 70s. But this is kind of the mentality of a lot of people. The Christmas is for children. It's for the kids, you know? We're thinking, you know, it's the presents are no big deal for an adult anymore. We don't really want anything. We just want to, you know... Let the kids have a good time. We're, you know, it's about Santa, maybe stockings, cookies. We put decorations up for the kids and for the grandkids. Maybe they've moved out. You're not putting up a tree anymore because in your heart, Christmas is for kids. The joy and the wonder is often lost as we get older. And the work to pull off Christmas is just not... Uh, we're not motivated just to do it because the kids aren't around. I may, I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but maybe you're like that. You're moti- You're less motivated. You guys remember the movie Christmas uh, with the Cranks, right? Uh, Tim Allen a few years ago, quite a few years ago. Well, they were going to pass up Christmas altogether, go on a trip until they hear their daughter was coming. Then they're pulling Christmas together because Christmas had to happen because their kids were coming home. So today I want to talk to you about survival guide number Three. Survivor Guide rule number one was Christmas is all about the presence, which it really is. Matthew 1.23 says that Jesus is called Emmanuel. God is present. We talked about that week one. Survival Guide number two is you can't have Christmas without the tree, which is true. For the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 2.24 that Jesus himself bore our sins on the tree, which is the cross. Today, Survival Guide rule number three is Christmas really is for the children. And to understand this, we're going to go back a little bit and take a look at Isaiah 9, 6. That's good for the song. That song might be in your mind the whole day. Maybe you've never heard it, but you'll remember, Christmas is for children. I like that song. It's cheesy, I know. Possibly one of the greatest Christmas verses ever is in Isaiah 9, 6. It says this, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Those are some of the great declarations of Jesus. It says of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. So when he finally takes the reign of rule on this earth, his government will be a, a, an eternal peace. Jesus is bringing that. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time and 
forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is happening. You see, verse 6 is the first advent, the birth of Christ. Verse 7 is the second advent. That's the return of Christ. So if you're wondering, when did verse 7 happen? It's coming. That's the coming of Christ. That's the return of Christ. What happened on that night, 2018 years ago, was for to us a child is born. This was the very verse that they were waiting for their whole life. The days of Israel were incredibly dark. The life of of the average Jewish person was incredibly dark. And they were probably saying on a daily basis, God, where are you? When is this going to happen? Well, God came to earth of all things as a baby. Think about this. Man, the world was in complete chaos and in need of desperate help. And God sent a child to do a man's job. God didn't show up at 33 years old as Jesus and just go to the cross. He actually experienced conception to resurrection. He experienced the entire level of every bit of life that we in Christ will experience from conception to our resurrection in Christ. But God sent a child to do a man's job. And it's true. Christmas is for kids, God's kids. It's what it says in Luke 18. Let's follow along in verse 15. It says, people also were bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on. And when the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. So first of all, I want you to know something. It says, Jesus called the children to him. The next verse. Understand this. God loves children. God loves children. And if you have a problem with children, you need to get closer to God. You need to get closer to Jesus. If you have like a short fuse with children, you need Jesus, brother. Because you know what? Jesus loves children. In fact, one of the other passages in another uh, gospel says that he rebuked his disciples. He was angry at them for pushing children away. It's like they were saying, hey, get away, kids. This is adult stuff. Jesus is for the grown-ups. No, Jesus has a love for children. We're going to find out why in a minute. Children's church is so important. By the way, if you're like, I don't just know, man, I don't, I don't know how we do it. Well, we need volunteers, by the way. This is a little side pitch, not in my notes. We need you in Kid Venture. All right? I'm just going to say that. It goes on to say, Jesus called the children to him, and he said, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. Are you hindering or helping kids to know Jesus? That's it. Every one of us needs to be a part of this plan to help our kids know Jesus. Are you hindering them or are you helping them? What's your role? For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, people who are like this. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive, uh, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Wow, that's powerful. Now, it gets even more specific in Matthew. Jesus says this. Jesus is now preaching. He's traveling. He's already been born. He's, he's roughly 31, 32 at this point. And he's, he's, he's got this follower, this uh, group. He's on average got about 2,000 people around him almost all the time. He has several hundred disciples, uh, two that he, 72 that he's commissioned and 12 that he's poured his life into and three that he's spending the majority of his time with. Look at verse 18, uh, sorry, chapter 18, uh, verse 2, it says, 
he called a little child to him. He placed the child next to them, and he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now let that sink in for a minute. Unless you change and become like a child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position or the humble position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, why did Jesus say this? Because they were just arguing with each other about who was the greatest. And Jesus said, I'll tell you who the greatest is. Come here, son. Puts him on his lap and he says, you want to be great? you got to change into someone just like this. What does that mean? Why did Jesus tell us that? Unless you become like a child, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. I'm reminded of John 3, 3. John 3, 3 says, unless you are born again, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So think about it. He says you must be born again and you must be a kid again. Think about that. No one can enter the kingdom of heaven unless they are born again. And no one can enter the kingdom of heaven unless they are a kid again. What does that mean? Truly, he says in Matthew 18, verse 3, he says, Truly, I tell you, unless you become like a little child. Now, he's not saying that you become childish, but that you have a childlike faith. Christmas is for children, God's kids. So become a kid again. How can you become a kid again this Christmas? Well, what children teach us about knowing Jesus. I want to give you some of those things real quick right now. What children teach us about knowing Jesus. These are some things we can learn from the kids up here. I mean, they were a message today. They weren't just being cute and, and, and being adorable and, and being funny. They were actually teaching us today. And this is some of the things they were teaching us that children teach us. The first thing is this, is a wide-eyed wonder or a childlike wonder. When we get something, when we're given something, we're like, okay, What's the catch? You ever notice that? It's like, I want to do something for you. I know, Ted, you didn't ask for it, and you don't deserve it, but I want to give you something. We're like, hold on a second, you know? You ever notice that? It's like, what's the catch here? There's a line, isn't there? What do I got to do? There's obviously, no, you know, if you remember City Circus, nothing for free, Billy Boy, nothing's for free, right? There's nothing comes without a price except salvation. The price is our life. He calls us to give us our life, but he gives it freely as a gift. They probably, it's kind of funny. Sometimes when we get things, we are cautious of it, but children are quick to receive things. You know, they don't feel undeserving. Have you ever noticed that? A kid could be like a total brat and, and be completely disobedient, but you give them a gift like, yeah. You know it, right? They, they receive it, right? Children, small children never feel really undeserving. Knowing that we are given more than what we can ever give is what Jesus has called us to be. Listen, children are quick to receive things. They're in awe and excited about anything that they are given. And Jesus calling us to come to him with this attitude of receiving something we don't deserve. We are the bratty kids. We are the selfish kids. We are the, the kids that, that don't deserve the free gift of God. And when Jesus has given it to us, there's not a catch. 
we should receive it with wide-eyed wonder. Whoa, me? Awesome. I'm accepting. This is the plan. There is no catch. To be in awe of the wonder of our sins forgiven. To be in awe of the wonder of his love. To be in awe of the wonder of his goodness. Psalm 8 once says this, O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You've set the glory above the heavens. From your lips of children and infants you have ordained praise on account of your adversaries to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I behold your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you set in place, what is man? What am I? That you are mindful of me, or the son of man, that you care for him. He made the universe to shout his wonder and glory to you. Don't lose the childlike awe of what God is giving us. Christmas is a time for you to become a kid again. Number two, what kids can teach us is awe-inspiring trust. This is a childlike faith. Kids have total and helpless dependency on their parents. You know, the word child in this, unless you come like a child, the word there is not like a 12-year-old. It's not even a preteen. The word child there means infant or small child that is anywhere between one and three years old. So Jesus says, unless you come with a total dependency on me, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Children come with this, this complete lean, leaning on total dependency on their parents. Ever notice how, how kids don't ever, uh, you know, overthink life? You know, they don't wake up and go, I wonder if I'm going to eat today. I wonder if the bills are going to get paid today. You know, their, their life is just, they expect mom and dad to feed them. They don't worry in a healthy home if they're going to get fed or not. They just, they just know they're going to eat at some point in the day, right? They know if somehow it's going to show up on the table or they're going to go someplace and they're going to be fed. Why is it? Because they have this complete, amazing, awe-inspiring trust in their parents that they will be taken care of. To get back to that place where we have that total dependency on God and where we can depend on him and not worry about what's going on in our life. Hebrews reminds us, he says, without faith, Hebrews eleven six 6 says, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Ever notice for a child nothing is too wrong to ask for? Now the answer might be no. But they're never afraid to ask. A small child, they, they like, they'll, they'll ask for anything. If you've ever had a grandchild or if you have a grandchild or if you ever had small children, they come and they ask for the weirdest, strangest, oddest things. You know, my daughter, Noelle, when she was smaller, she wanted a white owl like on Harry Potter. And she we used to ask for it. So I, I was like, you're going to get a white owl. And so we, she like a stuffed owl and different stuff. It was like, but that was like, never, it was not beyond the asking. But somehow I'm going to give her a magical white owl. Jesus invites you to never be afraid to ask. Now the answer might be no, but never be afraid to come. Children accept the words of those they trust with amazing simplicity. There's no preconceived ideas or notions, a total clean slate. You know, we overanalyze our problems. We overanalyze our situations, and we think, well, we try our best, and then last resorts trust God. Our kids, they just trust us and allow us to give them the plan. Can we get back to that? Jesus said, unless you're willing to come to me like that, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. He says, take my words with simplicity 
and trust. We see this in Mary who was chosen to give birth to Jesus. Let's read this in Luke chapter 1. He says this, uh, Luke says, In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel was sent to her and said greetings, which translated means kepasa. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Why Mary? Why her? Why of all the girls in the world would God pick Mary from the little town of Nazareth? That little village outside of, uh, of uh, many miles outside of Jerusalem and far away from Bethlehem in the Galilean area. Why her? A young girl herself. Possibly it was because she wasn't jaded by the worries and cares and concerns of life yet and boldly still trusted Jesus with a childlike faith. We see this in her response. Mary was greatly troubled or overwhelmed at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Why me? Why are you coming to me? But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You'll receive and give birth to a son, and you'll call his name Jesus. We talked about this last week. That means God saves, or Yahweh is our Savior. Verse 32, he will be great and will be called Son of the Most High God. The word son there is flesh, God's family. So he'll be God in the flesh. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. That's a royalty. This is a reference to him being the Messiah. He says, your son's going to be the Messiah, and he'll reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and this kingdom will never end. This is an eternal king. This is not just your generation, but this is our generation. Thousands of years to come, he's going to reign. How will this be, Mary asked, since I'm a virgin? I've never been in a relationship sexually with anyone. The angel said, well, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One will be born will be called the Son of God. This is going to be a part of God's plan, not a man's plan. When Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, he says, uh, even Elizabeth is going to have a child. This is part of God's plan. And, and she, who said she was unable to conceive in her old age, is pregnant. That was week one, by the way. Look at verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. If God says it, He's going to do it. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Mary didn't haggle. Mary didn't complain. Mary didn't reason away why this was impossible. She basically said, Lord, whatever you want, I'll do it. Just go ahead, use me however you see fit. That is a, a great picture of the childlike faith, and I think that's a big reason why God picked Mary. Because Mary had in her simple life and in the way that she looked to God an awe-inspiring childlike faith. This Christmas became a get again, kid again. We're going to hit these other pretty quick because we've got a short amount of time. Is number three, children teach us how to have humble submission. Most of us struggle with self-sufficiency and struggle with self-exalting, right? It's like, I don't need you. I don't need authority. I don't need anybody telling me what to do. I can handle it. I can do this. I'm pretty awesome at handling things on my own. That's an adult attitude to have. Children don't have that attitude. Small children don't wrestle with pride and conceit. Have you ever noticed that? Small children, they don't worry about if their socks are matching, their shoes are matching, or how they're dressed. As they get older, they care more and more about that. 
Why? Because they don't know anything, and they know they don't know anything, and they're just hungry to learn. They're, just, they're like sponges. Have you know, Small children are like, man, they're just learning. They're just walking through. Man, they're, you better be careful what you say, right, because they're going to say what you say. Where they're going to reflect where they're at. They're just learning, and they're, they're, they know they don't know anything, but they want to learn, asking questions, sometimes too many questions, right? Have you ever had a kid that just asks questions and asks questions and asks questions, and you're like, just, just stop asking questions and let me breathe for a minute. Anybody's kids were like big question askers? Anybody? My kids were. And I love that inquisitive attitude, but this is the attitude that Jesus says, you know, unless you come to me like a child, with this, like, sponge attitude, with this humble submission and willingness to learn, you'll have no place in the kingdom. Matthew 18, 4, he says, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest. Humility is a byproduct of submission. They work together. You ever notice when you tell a kid, wait till dad get home, how terrified a child can be at the discipline of a loving dad? There's this awe and this submission in a healthy child. How about you? How's your humility and submission? Some of you, just the fact that you're operating in sinful life attitudes or environments, uh, the, the Father God and, and His discipline doesn't scare you at all. It doesn't concern you at all. Some of you are walking in total rebellion with God and there's, there's no childlike faith there. There's a complete self-sufficiency and self-exaltation. Jesus says, unless you become like a child again and have this humble submission, you'll have no place in the kingdom. Then he says this. I, I love how kids teach us about what I like to say is a childlike simplicity or a gleeful or a simple heart. You know, Christmas for small children is a breeze because you can buy them anything and they're happy. You ever notice that? It's like when they start asking for specific stuff, it's when Christmas gets a little complicated, but the smaller kids, we can like just, you could get them anything. In fact, they're probably more excited about the boxes than they are than the gift. You know, you get a big box, and by the end of the day, they're playing in that box rather than whatever came in that box. It's the simplicity, that simple heart that God says, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, come to me with a simplicity of heart, with a tender, joyful heart. I used to ask my kids all the time when they were small. Just to trick him, I said, would you rather go to McDonald's or Disney World? Guess what they always said without fail? McDonald's. Because all they could think of is that Playland, which they probably had the energy for two hours in Playland and not ten hours at Disney World, where they're walking until they got older. They loved Disney World, obviously, over than McDonald's. But as a, as a kid, it was the simplicity. They didn't need, you know, a $100 ticket to an amusement park and massive rides to enjoy life. They were happy with playing with you. The simplicity of heart. They received the simple things with joy, simple contentment. Kids love to laugh. The joy is infectious. You know what a kid's life is? It's uncomplicated. They wake up, they eat, they sleep, they play, they laugh, they hug, they kiss, they repeat. <laughs> That's their whole life. Think about it. Eat, sleep, play, laugh, hug, kiss, end of day, no worries, simplicity, I want to do that again tomorrow. I think that's why we love the movie Elf so much, because we get to see this grown man act like a kid. We're just drawn to his in, infectious joy and attitude. I, you know, I like that line, and he's just smiling all the time, and they're like, why are you smiling? He goes, I love smiling. Smiling's my favorite. 
You know, and he's just smiling. And they were somehow drawn to that kind of simplicity, that joy, that, that lost childhood that we have. But it's interesting because Jesus said, unless you come back to that, unless you're a kid again, you'll have no place in the kingdom. 2 Corinthians 1.12 says, for our boast is in this, the testimony of our conscience is this, that we have behaved in the world with simplicity and godly sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God and supremely so towards you. He says, for some of us, our lives are so complex, so busy, so overscheduled, we're so stressed out, we lost the joy of life that comes with knowing and walking simply with Jesus. It's time to get back to that childlike simplicity and joy this Christmas and become a kid again. Here's another thing they teach us. They teach us that they're, the children are incredibly resilient. Have you ever noticed this? There's this childlike toughness. Small children have tough skin. I've seen kids fall, and they're like, they're like, you know, they're, they're like, get right back up. And if you've ever had a child that's broken a bone, the doctor's like, ah, it'll be fine, right? They, they, they get a serious accident, they'll be fine. They're young. They're going to grow out of this. They'll recover. Even, even some trauma to the brain as a child is, is repaired as they, as they grow out of their childhood because God designs children to be incredibly resilient. And I think this is really symptomatic also of what God has called us to be is incredibly resilient. Have this childlike toughness, but we grow up. We get discouraged easily. We begin to quit so easily. We begin to bail easily. We walk out on our faith so quickly. We become people who are disloyal and walk out on friends, relationships, and even churches. And Jesus says, if you want to be mine, be like a child and don't quit. Have some toughness to your life. Have some endurance, some, some, some sense of, of, of faith and Continuity, Romans 15, 4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provided, we might have hope. May God give you endurance and encouragement. May that give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ has in us. It's time to get up, hold tight, carry on, stay loyal. You know, there are four words that show up in all four of the gospel stories of Jesus. Four words that show up with Zechariah, with Mary, with Joseph, and the shepherds. Four words, only four words that are in every story. They are, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Use more than any phrase in the Christmas story. Why? Because, first of all, things were not so merry, and they were very afraid. But Christmas comes to tell us, don't be afraid. Christmas has come for those who are afraid in life, who are struggling, who are worried, who are lonely, who have health concerns. The Lord is here to say, don't be afraid. The Savior has come. This Christmas, become a child again. Here's number six, purity in love. Purity in love. Childlike love. Ever notice how easily small children give love to each other and to parents, especially their parents? You know, when my kids were little, they wouldn't let go of my legs, you know. You ever, if you're a parent, grandparent, you're like, you're walking, you know, when they walk like that and they're hanging on, it's like one of the greatest pleasures. When I'd walk into the house after being gone for the day, they would run to the, run to the door, Dad, 
kid and just jump on me and hang on me. And, you know, they wouldn't want me to go when I'm leaving, and they're just dragging behind. Mimi and Papa's grandparents, you've maybe experienced that. It's, it's this incredible feeling. The free love that they give you, they're jumping on your lap, and they don't care who's around. They're in public. It's a small child. They're giving you kisses. They're giving you love. And then they grow up. Wah, wah, wah. Right? And then they don't want to be seen around you. <laughs> they don't want to walk next to you. They're definitely not going to kiss and hug you. You're fortunate if they talk to you right, with their friends because we grow out of that. But I love the purity in a childlike love, boldly loving, approaching a loving parent, arms out, expecting to be held. I was thinking about this the other day. I was going to Target with Summer, and, and you ever notice that kids, their steps are definitely smaller, and adults, we're taking full-size steps, holding our kids' hands, expecting them to keep up with us, and they're like just barely, they're walking as fast as they can, barely keeping up, and we're like, come on, come on. It's like, imagine if you spent the whole day having to walk fast everywhere you went. You know, it would be exhausting, and it's no wonder everywhere you go, they're like, they just want to be held, and they're just, you're like, why can't you walk? Well, slow down, Mom and Dad. They want to be with you, but they, want, but they are bold in their desire to be held by you and to love you. That unashamed boldness, same with God. Sometimes we outgrow our love with God. Sometimes we get embarrassed of God. Sometimes we're not as expressive with God and proud of who God is in our life. And God's like, unless you become a child again, you will have no place in the kingdom, he says. We must come back with this childlike love. Here's the last one, a stirring expectation. You know, Christmas Eve is going to be a very difficult time for small children or the day before Christmas Eve, depending on when you open your gifts, because that's the night before presents are opened, and there's like this excitement, this anxiety, this expectation we can hardly wait. Maybe you've ever gone on a trip with a kid. It's like, man, I can't wait for the trip. Can't wait till we go. You know, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Not so much because the ride's boring, which it is, but because they can't wait to get there. They can't wait to go there. They can't wait to ride the rides. They can't wait to see their family or see the friends or play or to run. They just can't wait. That excitement, that expectancy. When's it going to happen? When's it coming? We can hardly wait. I know I did when I was a kid, man. I could hardly sleep Christmas Eve. I could hardly sleep the week of Christmas. It couldn't come fast enough. But you know what? We grow out of that expectancy when it comes to the return of Christ. Kids get so excited about the coming of that day. I'm reminded of Joni Erickson Tata. Maybe you've heard of her. She was a, um, she is an author and a painter, but she's paralyzed from the neck down. She had a, a swimming accident when she was a teenager, and it left her in a wheelchair for the rest of her life. Uh, God used that disability to really uh, launch her into ministry. She speaks. She's written countless wonderful books. She's an incredible artist. She paints with a paintbrush in her mouth, uh, beautiful paintings. But in her book called Heaven, she, she told this story that so was, was so powerful. She writes in her book of a time when she was speaking to some small children in a preschool, in a uh, pre-kindergarten class, and they began to feel sorry for her because she was in a wheelchair and could not hardly move and speak. 
But she began to tell them of the joy and hope that she has at the return of Jesus. And that there'll be a day when Jesus comes in the clouds in glory and that he will heal her. And that she will run and walk and dance and that she'll be able to celebrate with the kids. And, and that Jesus will come and wipe away all of our tears and there'll be no more sadness, no more fear. And the kids began to get excited. They began to get excited more and more. She talked about it. And they began to say, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And she said, it can happen any minute. And as soon as she said that, she wrote in her book that all the kids ran to the window and began to look up in the sky and began to look because they literally expected any minute Jesus was coming back, and they began to get excited. You know, Jesus says, unless you come to me with that kind of childlike heart of excitement, that, that incredible expectancy, you'll have no place in the kingdom. Jesus is calling us to that stirring expectation. The first advent, the, his first coming was just the start. He's coming back again. And it's true, Christmas is for kids, God's kids. John 1.12 says, yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, you're not born into Jesus, nor of human decision. This is not something that you choose apart from the spirit or of a husband's will. You're not Christian because your wife is or because your husband is, but this is born of God. This is God working in you to cause you to become his kids. You know, we are the Rudolphs who never learn to fly. We are the Scrooges who have become selfish. And we are the Grinches whose hearts are shrinking. Yet Christ has come to turn a dying heart into a new creation, a selfish soul into a life-giving person, and shows us how to soar in his will. He does this out of his love for you as a father to a child. You know, it's been said that Christ came and became what we are, flesh and blood, so that we might become what he is, a child of God. Some of you have lost that wonder of being a son and daughter of God. Some of you don't have that wonder because you're not a child of God. This Christmas can be your day. Jesus said, unless you come and become like a child, you'll have no place with me. Where's your humility, your humble submission, your excitement, your expectancy, your, your bold love? Let this Christmas be a time where you get back to being a kid and, again, embrace your inner child. I, I'm reminded of this time. This, I'm going to end with this thought is that I used to go on these walks with, with Summer. She still to this day loves to go on walks. I, I don't go on them as much as I used to when she was small. And she would take out her hand and we would just walk the trail and, and I'd go... You know, I'd often go, like, where do you want to go? And sometimes she'd say she want to go on this path. We have this, these trails around our neighborhood. And I remember one time in particular, I took her hand. I said, where do you want to go today? And she turns to me and she says, wherever you want to go, because as long as I'm with you, it's going to be fun. And I thought, man, God, help me to get back to that heart with you, God. I don't know where you're taking me. I don't know what life has for me. But as long as I'm holding your hand, Jesus. I know it's going to be fun. Let's get back to that childlike faith. Let's pray. God, I thank you, God, that your word is very clear on what it means to be a son and daughter of God. Lord, I pray that 
as we search our heart, God, and as we've seen the children display this, this uh, morning, God, just the joy of the, the simple joy of their life and the joy that they have, that simple trust that they have with you. God, life hasn't jaded them yet. Mortgages haven't overwhelmed them yet. Work life hasn't exhausted them yet. God, I pray that they would hold on to that, God, as long as they can. And God, I pray that we would get back to that as quick as we can. Lord, through your spirit, work in us and change us, Father, I pray. Lord, in Jesus' name. If you're here today and maybe you've never said, Jesus, uh, come into my heart and be the king of my life. And I'm coming to you as a kid, as a humble heart. If that's you today, this can be your day. Just take a moment in your own words. Say, Jesus, here I am. Here's my life. Help me to be like a child again. Change me. Change me, Lord. God, I want to be your kid, your son, your daughter. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. I want to hold your hand in this life. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 19, 14 says, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven becomes uh, belongs to those who are like these children. Thank you for listening to the Living Way Church podcast. If you enjoyed this message, we hope you come visit us in Garland, Texas. For directions and more information about the church, go to www.livingwaychurch.cc.